This is the Indiana Deer News Podcast, your number one resource for anything and everything that has to do with the wild deer herd in Indiana. On this episode, we're going to discuss national news, local news, events in Indiana that you need to be aware of, as well as a few rules that are up for amendment before the NRC and how you need to voice your opinion. That and so much more on this episode of the Indiana Deer News Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It has been far too long since the last episode of the Indiana Deer News Podcast. And before we get this thing started, I just want to thank each and every one of you. Many of you reached out in emails. Some of you reached out on even on forums and a few of you on Facebook wanting to know, hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? Haven't heard another episode. That tells me two things. One, you genuinely care. And two, You really like what we're producing, what I'm delivering to you, and you see it of value. Took a little hiatus, mainly because this summer we've went through new job that I've taken upon, or promotion, I guess I should say. We built a house, moved into that. I didn't even have a studio set up for the longest time, so I'm praying that that is the longest hiatus that Indiana Deer News Podcast takes moving into the future. We may miss a month here or there, but... Hopefully not that extended amount of time again. So, but those of you who reached out, I really do appreciate it. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. And uh, it means a lot that you guys notice the absence. And hopefully, moving forward, you still see the same amount of value that caused you to reach out. We're going to delve right in. We've got a lot to cover because of everything that's happened. I've already missed a couple things that really I wish I would have made a podcast a week or two ago, but hey, we're going to move forward with where we're at. There's a lot to get through, so let's start actually with kind of the broader news that many of you may be aware of, but uh, a bit of national news. Now, I don't like talking about national news as much because this is an Indiana Deer-specific podcast. Very rarely are we going to branch out into other things, but if it affects or possibly impacts Indiana deer hunters with deer-related issues, then I'll discuss it or at least make you aware of it. Anything While while I'm at it, anything that I mentioned in this podcast, be sure that if you'd like to know, hey, where was that? What was that? I'm going to try to link everything in the show notes on the post on Facebook, but if you if there's something that I forget or overlook, please reach out to me. Um, you can go to the website, Indiana Deer News Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me there. But just get in touch with me and remind me, hey, you said that you'd post all the links and this one's not in there. And I'll do the best I can to get it amended and edited and up and running. So let's get the national news out of the way. Um, today, actually, July 7th is when I was recording this. Hopefully this will be up and live either tonight or tomorrow, so still very fresh. I received an email from a group that I've been a member on and off of over the years. And I guess it was kind of a joint letter from another, from them and another group that I follow. I've, I don't believe I've ever been a member. I don't know. But uh, it basically starts, Dear Thailand, which that's my full name for those of who don't know. Today we made a significant announcement in QDMA's history. So... There's your, your, your introduction to the news. It's from QDMA. 
We are seizing a rare opportunity to work more effectively for deer during a challenging period in wildlife conservation by embarking on a joint venture with the National Deer Alliance or the NDA, another group that many of you, like me, probably follow. Stay attuned to them. Whether you're a member or not, I think both of these organizations, well, I'll just continue reading, but uh, and then I'll share brief thoughts, that will unify our two organizations into a single group. The venture will combine the strengths, resources, core initiatives of QDMA and NDA so that we are able to better serve deer and hunters more effectively at a time when the need is greatest. So I know there's mixed feelings, um, probably more so on QDMA, maybe not necessarily NDA, and I think that's a product of QDMA kind of started the biggest organizational things, and they've they've been expressive in their thoughts, and at times maybe they didn't deliver them in a manner that was the m- clearest, um, or they spoke in a big, broad-brushed approach. That's neither here nor there. QDMA and NDA, whether you agree with every aspect of them, they are good for Indiana deer hunters. I liken them to the NRA, which I'm going to speak a little bit critical of them, but not not entirely, and I want to preface this with, I'm a member of the NRA. But are they perfect? Absolutely not. Are they good for gun owners? Yes. Same thing with the NDA, same thing with the QDMA. They want what's best for us as hunters, and it's pretty amazing to see two of the largest, or the largest two deer organizations in the United States that I'm aware of, combining into one. Now, as far as I know, the press release went on to mention that if you are a QDMA member, your memberships are going to be not affected at all. You're going to continue to be, um, you're going to continue to have access to the same resources you had before. If anything, this is going to broaden and enhance what they are offering to you. I don't know necessarily, at least um, maybe I didn't read it in detail, but I didn't see it black and white, what their name is going to be. It kind of worded in the essence that QDMA is kind of absorbing NDA. So I'll be curious to see if they're going to amend the name, if it's going to stay QDMA, if it's changing. But just wanted to make you aware of that if you weren't already aware. The two largest and probably two most outspoken and noticeable. And if you're a state legislator, those are two organizations that you've probably heard from on behalf of deer hunters a lot are now one. So hopefully that means a strong and more unified front um, when it comes to the lobbying of legislators and just the education and growth of our sport in general. Now, let's get into the Indiana uh, Department of Natural Resources and the Indiana Division of Fish and Wildlife events that are coming up. So, one, this is the only one that is going to be somewhat old, even though it's occurring on July 11th. Um, And before I get into this, I encourage each and every one of you, you need to familiarize yourself with the Division of Fish and Wildlife's website. I have it up presently right now, and uh, if you just go to in.gov forward slash DNR forward slash fish wild, no space, no end, just fish wild, and push enter, that's going to take you to the homepage of the Division of Fish and Wildlife. From there, you can go in and look at hunting and trapping and shooting things, fishing, licenses and permits, current topics. You can explore online programming, 
help endangered wildlife. This is much broader than just deer. But if you're an outdoorsman, there are things there. It has a list of upcoming events. You can check on this. Um, I encourage you. You need to familiarize yourself with this website. Oftentimes, many of us are passionate when it comes to deer hunting. But sadly, too many of us hunters, and I'm going to get into a, a an illustration of this later in the podcast that kind of pushes this home, but there are far too many of us, far too many of us, and I'm guilty of this to a point at times as well, but there are far too many of us, myself included, you listening, that love to complain, love to be critical, love to make noise. And just love to speak ill of decisions that are made. Things that are happening. And man, you got all the answers on the Facebook. You got all the answers on the forum. When you're behind your keyboard, you're, man, you are just passionate. But you never take any of the surveys. You never go to any of the meetings. You never get involved with any of the deer groups that align with your beliefs or just collect information for the state. You've never become a follower of the Indiana Sportsman's Roundtable. You just you just love to complain. And nothing's ever going to be right. It's all corrupt. Blah, 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 blah. Make it better. What are you doing to make it better? And one of the easiest ways is familiarize yourself with this webpage that I just described. All the public events are going to be on there. All the links that you ever need to know are going to be on there. And pay attention. It's that simple. Couple clicks. Have your cup of coffee in the morning. Go there once a week. Shoot, every other week would probably be sufficient. But there are some great aspects there. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people have are questions. And there, I, I, I just happened to come across. So at in.gov forward slash DNR forward slash fish wild. I'll post this link in the show notes. There's, it's, it's forward slash 7389 uh, period htm pound. It's a link to the Q&A page. And the reason I bring up this Q&A page is for the simple fact that every single year there are topics that get brought up online about licenses. People think the license structure is just so confusing. And I get it. Some people who maybe don't pay attention as much as I do or some other people, it does maybe get confusing for you. And they break it down. This this frequent, this de- this is a deer hunting questions and answers specific page. This is going to cover frequently asked questions and give answers for things on licenses, bag limits, seasons, equipment, the deer bundle, and other aspects of things. Go there. Don't go to Facebook. Don't go to the social media knowledge bucket, which you literally get every answer when you ask questions there. You just do. Now, I will give a really nice plug, whether you love the forum or not. Hunt dash in IN, I think is what it is. I don't have it pulled up. Um, but actually, I do. Yeah, hunt dash or hyphen 
So hunt-indiana.com. There's a forum there. And one of the coolest aspects of this forum is there's an Ask a Conservation Officer page where an actual conservation or their resident uh, conservation officer known as Officer Morrison there, which I don't really think his name's Morrison, but you get what I mean. Um, You can ask questions there and get answers. That's probably one of the best places to go if you desperately, for some dumb reason, don't want to go directly to the Indiana Conservation Officers, call their help desk line. Call that. So I encourage you, go to this Dear Question and Answer page. If you don't get the answer there, either start calling or go to this. Go to go to the forum. Go to go to go to hunt hyphenindiana.com. You don't even have to stick, stick around for the forum. Just create a create a name and bam, there you go. You can ask away, ask some questions. Stick around in the forum if you want. I don't. I'm not very active there anymore, but I have been over the years. So let's get back on track with the episode and talk about some events that are coming up. So we have got something going on this weekend, July 11th. State Park Deer Management. Oh, whoops, 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 whoops. I jumped ahead. The uh, 2020 CHAP Hunt Coordinator training is occurring this weekend. Um, CHAP basically is a program. So this is a, this is Hunt Coordinator training. This is for those who wish to be qualified as CHAP Deer Hunting Coordinators. Coordinators may be hired by applicants to implement safe deer hunting practices in a various types of communities, parks, and terrains in accordance with the CHAP program. So this was all you needed to have applied a while back, but that is occurring this weekend. So to those of you, if you happen to be listening to this, best of luck to that. Thank you for being able to find it in yourself to be willing to uh, register for this and then also go through this training. It is greatly appreciated. And if you don't know what the CHAP program is, I highly encourage you, look it up read about it. It's a great, great way to promote opportunity to deer hunt inside of our state. Second thing that I'd like to discuss to you is starting, this was released on July 6th, so just yesterday at the, at the time of this recording, this was yesterday, State Park Deer Management Draw Hunt application period has opened. I actually did mine today. Applications for a local, it's a local uh, campground state park, um, that I live fairly close to. Um, I don't go to any of the big ones and I don't put in for any of the big like Fort Harrison and I think Big Oaks and stuff like that. But uh, applications close August 17th. So if you're looking at doing this, you have a little bit over a month to get your butt in gear and get your application in. Um, You can find uh, this on the Indiana Department uh, website. I will link the uh, way to reserve uh, or, or start the application process as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the early hunts, there are some hunts that aren't, um, aren't going to jive with this, but for the most part, most of the hunts are broken into early hunts that are drawn and then late hunts that are drawn. The early hunts occur on November 16th through the 17th, while late hunts occur November 30th through the 1st. Uh, make sure you have an up- updated profile when you start this, and applicants must be Indiana residents or possess a valid lifetime license to take deer in Indiana and be 18 years of 
age by the date of the first hunt. So you do not have to be 18 at this time. You merely have to be 18 by the first hunt. That item is done. The next thing is... Let me just work through my... I should, I should have just done this as I went, but I didn't. So we're going to touch on an update. So two events as they occur or they're on my screen is there's two public hearing dates set for the Natural Resource uh, Commission to hear public input on a variety of things. The first one is occurring on July 29th, 2020. Start time at 6 p.m. And this is ending at 8 p.m. So there's a two-hour window. During this hearing, the Natural Resource Commission will accept public comments on proposed fish and wildlife rule changes, which we're going to get into just the deer hunting specific ones. However, I will link to a page that you can you can find all of the discussion on it if you wish. At that time, there's a lot of uh, fishing-related ones that are going to be occurring, as well as uh, some other various aspects. But there's there's mainly two uh, big deer, deer ones that I'm sure everybody will link, but that's the first hearing is set for July 29th, uh, in Anderson starting at 6 PM. Uh, the website it's at the mounds state park in Anderson, Indiana, and there's a contact information. If you go to the website that I told you to, and you scroll down to the bottom of the page, that, uh, fish and wildlife homepage, It'll actually say upcoming events, and the Natural Resource Commission one is there, or you can click on more events, and it'll bring up everything, and you can actually click on them. The next day, or July 30th, the NRC will have another public hearing in Spencer, Indiana. Um, it is occurring at McCormick. Wait, let me make sure I get this right. Yep. So it is uh, July 30th, 2020, 6 to 8 p.m. again, same time as the other one. This is at McCormick's Creek State Park. Canyon Inn is what I'm being uh, told on the website. That is in Spencer, Indiana. And it looks like a Lene Peterchef is your contact if you have any questions. Um, that's L-P-E-T-E-R-C-H-E-F-F at dnr.in.gov. And uh, she was the contact information for both of the NRC pages. So I'm assuming if you reach out to Miss Petercheff, she'll be able to at least help you maybe with directions, timing, things of that nature. If you go to the website like I'm describing, you can also submit to the NRC your public comments through a online portal. And you can follow that and, and speak your mind there. Again, we'll get into the specifics of what rule, rules and regulations are affecting deer hunters. We'll do that in just a little bit. I just want to go over very briefly a few more dates. If you live in and around the Bloomington area, the registration deadline for this event is July 17th. So you got 10 days. But on July 18th, starting at 9 a.m., and this is going to run through 1 p.m., there is a Learn to Hunt Deer workshop in Bloomington. During this uh, combined classroom and field session, participants will become familiar with Indiana deer hunting laws, basic deer biology, methods and strategies for hunting deer, recommended equipment for deer hunting, where to hunt deer, recipes for cooking deer. So there is no cost associated with attending this combined classroom and field session of Learn to Hunt Deer workshops. You are not required to have a hunting license for this session. 
Participants must be, though, at least 18 years old or accompanied by a parent or guardian to attend. So this is something really good. If you are out there and you have a youngster or somebody brand new to hunting that you may be taking them out for the first time this year or they're or they're still very green in the deer hunting this is this would be a great thing to go to take them to and just continue to engross them in and saturate them in all aspects that have to do with deer hunting so again this is occurring at the Bloomington office um, 5596 East State Road 46 Bloomington Indiana the contact for this is a Clint, I'm going to destroy this last name, Kowalik, um, K-O-W-A-L-I-K. His uh, contact email is C-K-O-W-A-L-I-K at dnr.in.gov. Moving right along to the next um, date or event is another workshop, if you will, that is occurring, and it is titled After the Shop, After the Shot, Tips for Tracking and Recovering Deer. This is going to be occurring in Danville, Indiana, at the Twin Bridges Lodge. Um, that's on County Road 150 East. Um, I'll start with the contact information, then describe the course or the class. Um, Nate Yazel is your contacted contact at the DNR for this one. His email is nyazel at dnr.in.gov. Um, the After the Shot seminar focuses on methods for tracking and recovering deer and is tailored to new and experienced deer hunters or those interested in learning about deer hunting. During the seminar, participants will become familiar with shot placement, firearms versus archery equipment, and how that differs. After the shot, reading animal reactions, evaluating the shot site, judging wait time, tracking techniques, how to read a blood trail, tracking with a dog, when do you do that, how do you find a tracker dog, and raising and training dogs as well will be discussed as well. There is no cost. Um, a portion of the seminar will be outside in forested areas, so please dress accordingly. Long pants and sturdy boots are recommended. There's no cost associated with this, and just like the other one, you have to be 18 years old or be accompanied by a parent or guardian. Pre-registration is required, and according to the website, registration ends at 8 a.m., an hour before the class. I wonder if they know they did that. Probably would have made it the day before. Moving right along, uh, July 25th, we have, which is the exact same day as that other one that we just talked about. This is not a deer specific one, but any of you out there that are trying to think of a way to get youth involved in deer hunting, get them involved the way that I got involved through small game hunting. I learned to read animals, walk in the woods, observe nature, be quiet, be patient through squirrel hunting. This is a learn to hunt squirrel. This is at the Kankakee Fish and Wildlife area. Uh, registration runs through 8 a.m. on July 25th. This course starts July 25th at 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., so it's a four-hour course. During this classroom session, participants will become familiar with Indiana squirrel hunting laws, squirrel biology, methods, and strategies for hunting them, recommended equipment, where to hunt squirrel, and recipe for cooking squirrels. They are going to also go over basic firearm safety, shooting techniques, shot placement, and basic firearm maintenance. 
all firearm and ammunition is provided for the range session. A portion of this workshop is outside, so long pants and closed-toed footwear are recommended. Um, there's no cost. Again, must be 18 or accompanied by an adult, and you do not need a hunting license to take this. Your contact at the DNR is a Tony Carroll. Tony's email is T-C-A-R-R-O-L-L at dnr.in.gov. Let's move on to another one. This event occurs on August 8th, 2020. Learn to hunt deer. This is at the Atterbury Fish and Wildlife Area. This is literally the same description as the other one that was set to occur in Bloomington in July. So this is just happening at the Atterbury Fish and Wildlife in Edinburgh, Indiana. Clint Kowalik is your contact as well. So use the same one, C-K-O-W-A-L-I-K at dnr.in.gov. That one occurs August 8th, starting at 9 a.m., and it runs to 1 p.m. Again, August 8th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're almost done. we got two more of these. October 3rd. This is known as Deer Hunting 101. Oh, and I did not notice this before. There is a limited number of registrations available. So that Atterbury registration on August 8th has seven spaces remaining. The squirrel one has 15 spaces remaining. And I'm sorry, guys. The tracking and recovery of deer on July 25th in Danville, there's no more space available for that. So maybe reach out to Nate and ask if he's going to be doing another one since there was such high demand. But I apologize. I did not notice that on the page before. Um, Learning to hunt deer in Bloomington. On July 18th, there is also no registration spaces remaining for this event. So that's very awesome to hear that there's a lot of people going to these. But unfortunately, I just wasted a lot of your time. But getting back to the October 3rd, this one has 25 registration spaces remaining as of the date of this recording. Registration runs through 8 a.m. on October 3rd. This is Deer Hunting 101. This is being held at the Kingsbury Fish and Wildlife Area. This is the exact same description as they learned to deer. I wonder why they named it two different things. But uh, it's the same as the learn to deer hunt, basically. Indiana deer hunting laws will be covered, basic deer biology, methods and strategies, recommended equipment, where to hunt, recipes, all that good jazz. 18 or older or accompanied by an adult. Ron Lorman is your contact for this one. R-L-O-R-M-A-N at dnr.in.gov. And the Kingsbury Fish and Wildlife Area is located in Laporte, Indiana. That's actually up towards my direction of the state. But again, there's 25 spots remaining. And that was the last event, thankfully. So let's backtrack a little bit and talk about the NRC and the rules that are up for amendment. I actually have a uh, email out, a request to staff at the DNR and um, somebody they put me in contact with for the NRC, we are either going to be getting a, we're going to be dedicating a whole podcast or a portion of a podcast to explain to you kind of um, in brief or in depth if I actually can get somebody on the podcast to do a a verbal interview, which I feel you can go much deeper into things. Um, But either way, the NRC will be tackled in another podcast. We will describe what it is in depth, who sits on it, some of the decisions they make and everything. But guys, they're the ones that 
review and amend rules. And this year we have two rules, which I think everybody listening should be aware of this. Um, and there is a public input session. You basically have uh, those two uh, meetings, Wednesday, July 29th at 6 p.m. at Mound State Park in Anderson, or July 30th at 6 p.m. at McCormick's Creek State Park in Spencer, Indiana. Those are the two uh, in-person with uh, forums for public input. There's also public inputs that can be submitted at nrc.in.gov forward slash 2377.htm. Um, but guys, there's two rules, and I'm going to go over them in brief right now. Um, the first one is has to do with 312-IAC-9-3-2. Individuals are currently required to wear hunter orange while hunting deer during firearms, muzzleloader, and special antlerless firearm season. However... Individuals may still be hunting with firearms, including high-powered rifles, between and after these seasons until January 31st in reduction zones. Adding a hunter orange requirement would make this deer reduction zone season consistent with other deer firearm season and ensure the safety of deer and non-deer hunters during this time. Very briefly, I mean, my honest opinion, in my personal opinion, that's a no-brainer. I hunt some reduction zones. I I wear I wear uh, orange, even if I have a bow with me, um, merely because I deal with trespassers, I deal with neighbors, and if I can make myself more visible when they might be slinging, you know, a thirty out six across the field um, illegally at that point or uh, not safely um, operating a firearm. Not necessarily un well, yeah, unlawfully in a way, but definitely not safe and not knowing their backstop. I just wear it just to be safe. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, let the NRC know your thoughts, whether you agree with me or not. Doesn't matter. Just let your voice be heard. The second one, in my personal opinion, I think we all need to speak up. Tell the NRC how you feel. I am not going to state my opinion on the record because I know there is some division. I will state one thing about this, um, which I guess will allude to my opinion. But again, like the other one, I don't care if you agree with me. Reach out to the NRC. Let our voices be heard one way or another and let the NRC know we care. And there's a lot of us that will reach out to them. This has to do with 312-IAC-9-3-3. Um, this is basically allow air rifles and air bows to be, I hate that term, air bows. They're, they're not bows. There's no strings involved. Allow air rifles and air bows to be used for deer hunting during the firearm season. And I've actually read the IC code amendments to this. It actually doesn't mention air bows unless I grossly misread it. And it could be it was late at night. But it discusses air rifles or air guns. Um, in general... Um, I'll read their synopsis. Hunters have expressed interest in using air rifles and air bows to harvest deer. Air rifles and air bows are capable of humanely and efficiently harvesting a deer. Equipment would have to meet the same requirements specified by the administrative code, but would allow hunters to have additional options when choosing to hunt for deer during firearm season. 
For air guns, the gun would have to propel a single projectile by means of non-ignited compressed air or other gas charged by an external high-compression power source and have a 40 caliber or larger bullet or ball at a single discharge that generates at least 400 foot-pounds of muzzle energy. An air quote air bow would need to have a sharpened metal and or metal-edged broadhead with metal points and a minimum speed of 300 feet per second at release. These would be allowed, again, I will stress, these would be allowed in the deer hunting firearm season, is the proposal. Speak your mind, let it be heard, whether you believe that's a good thing or not. I'm not opposed to options. The one thing is... If you go back and listen to my episode with Amanda Wistfeld, you understand how important the funding is and the generation of funding and what generates it um, for the Division of Fish and Wildlife and how the Pittman-Robertson Fund is our greatest and biggest source of funding, period. That comes from ammunition sales. That comes from firearm sales. That comes from bow sales, crossbow sales, things of that nature. Last I checked... And please, if I am wrong, somebody send me a detailed analysis and link or study where I can follow the paper trail and confirm this. But to the best of my knowledge, air bows and air guns, however you want to call them, they are not covered under that. When you buy one, there's no there's no percentage of that that is going in and feeding and funding conservation through the Pittman-Robertson Fund. That's where my holdup is. You want to make them legal? Great. But let's wait until... They actually are treated the same way, taxed the same way, and help fund conservation in the same way. I believe personally, now this is my personal viewpoint, I think I don't want to start going down the route of allowing things that are not being treated the same into it. They are, have at it, whatever. I don't care. I don't. You can hunt with what you want. Those are the two things before the NRC that I feel that everybody listening should at least speak their mind, even if it's just to say... I don't think either of them are a big deal. I trust your judgment, and please carry on. <laughs> there are some, you know what, since you guys are listening, a few of the others that are listed, there's a lot to do with birds, a lot to do with fish. And I must have gotten rid of, they discuss snare locks. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Waterfowl. There is uh, something about waterfowl season, which some of you hunters that hunt deer and listen to this podcast you may be interested in that as well but that's it that is the two things that i believe you need to do um be sure to use that public comment window time frame which if i remember right now that i threw that paper on the floor let me grab it public input period will run to july 30th so you have until 11.59, midnight, on July 30th. That is the day of that last meeting, and that is the day that they will stop um, allowing your public comments to be heard and uh, weighed and given weight by the NRC. So I've got one more thing, and this is really sad. And uh, we didn't... we. Listening back to the episode with Amanda Wiestefeld, the director or head honcho at the Division of Fish and Wildlife, um, be sure to listen to that episode. A lot of great information in it. But there was a little bit of a hint that that Joe's role was kind of changing. 
Joe Cuddell had been serving as the Indiana deer biologist. Well, he did actually take a promotion to a bigger role. I don't have his title on hand, and I apologize for that. That was one of the pages, and I knew I forgot something. But we are presently without a formal deer biologist um, by name. I do have some requests into the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. Hoping to hear back from them um, very shortly. I'm sure I will. It just they're probably busy, and given the whole coronavirus thing, I don't know who's working in the office at home remotely, not working. Um, but uh, Joe is an incredible resource for deer hunters. Incredible resource for the state of Indiana. His analytical mind, his scientific mind, his heart, his caring nature. Um, the dude's just good. He's good people, and he's a good biologist. And uh, I am very sad to hear that he won't be as intricately involved with the deer biologist um, or the deer side of things. However, there's no telling when that will be filled. Um, There's basically a hiring freeze right now from what I've been told. So I have a feeling various attributes of what the deer biologist's responsibilities were before are going to be shared amongst different people. Um, this is all speculation at this time, but I would assume Joe's going to have a lot of a mentorship type of role to these people and he'll still be somewhat involved, I'm guessing. But when I hear back from the DNR and can actually release a, an actual statement, I will include that in the very next episode. If not, um, do a very short episode that is solely because and or uh, solely oriented around just that very quickly, no matter if it's five minutes or just 10 minutes or two minutes, I will be sure to get it out to you guys. But that is all we have. I know that was a lot to cram into this. We are now almost 40 minutes into this episode of just pure content. And, uh, but hopefully it was worth it. Hopefully you are up to date. Hopefully you will check out the links that we've discussed, look at the events that are coming up, possibly enroll in some of them. If you go to any of those that I discussed, please hit me up in an email, uh, message me, get a hold of me somehow, and tell me how they went. Let the DNR know how they went. You know, encourage them to do more things like this. I find it highly encouraging that the the learn to hunt deer in Bloomington is full and the after the shot tracking and recovering deer in Danville is full as well. That's awesome. We need more stuff like this to happen because hunter recruitment is down. I think that's one of the main reasons why QDMA and NDA are looking at each other and saying, hey, let's put our arms together and help each other because recruitment is terrible right now. We need to do a better job. So the more events that I know the the Indiana Department of Natural Resources can put on, the better. So encourage them to do that more. And let me know how you experience those. And if you uh, have some really good critiques for them to make them better, share those too. Um, I'll be sure to pass them along and be sure to pass them along yourself if you uh, feel it necessary to do so. But that's all I got, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Indiana Deer News Podcast. If you can and you enjoy this and you see the value in this podcast, there are some very, various, very simple ways, but various ways, to assist the podcast to grow. We are not sponsored by anybody. I know originally I was possibly going to do that, but I'm going to stay away from that. I think it bogs down a podcast and it just, yeah, some people just, it puts a poor taste in their mouth. I just want to produce content content for you. Review the podcast on any platform that you listen to podcasts on, that you listen to this one. If you can review it, give it five stars. 
it helps, it goes a long way, it boosts the ratings, things of that nature, and it lets more eyes see us, essentially, see this podcast. I say us, but it's really just me. Um, Share the show link on various media platforms. Tweet it, Snapchat a picture of it, a link to it. I don't care. Whatever it is, get get it out there. Um, Get it in the ears of more deer hunters. Oh my gosh, because I just forgot the main thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about that illustrates the lack of deer hunter engagement. I touched on this earlier, and we are going to end this episode with, I guess, a little bit of a chastising. So big, huge negative in the front, and then I'll end this with a positive because there is a positive spin on this. I did get a thank you letter, essentially, from the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. I'll just read portions of it, but uh, the Indiana DNR Division of Fish and Wildlife thanks you for par- thanks you for participating in the 2019-2020 After Hunt Survey. Please find enclosed a commemorative 2019 Deer Management Partner Magnet and metal tag reminiscent of historical uh, of historic confirmation tags and appreciation for your support. First of all, some people are like loving these metal tags. I never got it. I don't get it still. It's probably gonna go in my metal recycling bin. Sorry to those of you listening at the uh, IDNR or the DFW. The Deer Research Program created the After Hunt Survey to allow successful hunters the opportunity to provide biological information about their harvested deer, such as sex, age, information that was historically recorded at physical check-in stations. The goal of the After the Hunt Survey is for hunters to self-report on enough deer so that both hunters and managers can better understand deer population, biology, ecology, and demographics at the county level. So basically, guys, they're using these, and if they get enough... So data, the larger the data group, the more dependable and more weight it can be given, the more you can rely upon it. That's fairly common, you know, and and makes a lot of sense. Sadly, however, we as hunters did not do that. We actually did atrociously terrible. The 2019-20 hunting season was the third season this survey has been available. So just the third. Um, Joe's really been pushing it. Uh, A total of... Oh my gosh. A total of only 2,041 hunters responded to the survey. We had over 100 thousand deer harvested 2041 surveys that is atrociously bad for as much hubbub for as much just pure emotion we see posted to put it the nicest way on variety of social media platforms at local deer places, local get togethers, maybe your local pro shops. (sighs) That's ridiculous. So responses per County ranged from one to 50. So, Oh my gosh, there were counties that only had one. To appropriately assess, now this is where they kind of just briefly dabble in. This is the amount of surveys we need in order to appropriately assess and project and draw 
give weight and rely upon it from a statistical analysis approach to appropriately assess survey data at the county level, approximately 90 to 120 samples are needed from each county. 90 to 120 is needed, and the highest amount of responses in a county was 50. I don't want to hear people complain unless that number grows. Things cannot get better if we do not help them get better. By the way, this is all public. These are all published. Um, The Hunter survey takeaways and the gross collection of the data is shared in the following Indiana uh, white-tailed deer summary report. So the old surveys are actually found in the 2019 Indiana, um, or last year's survey results are available online in the 2018 white-tailed deer report. This hunter survey will appear in the 2019 Indiana white-tailed deer report. So I promised I'd end on a good note about this. The only good thing is we've been doing this for three years, and guys, we did increase. So the 2041 as bad as that is and it's atrocious oh it's so bad that was however a 13% increase from last year so we're progressively failing better kind of oh that's a really thin positive note but it's positive nonetheless so if you're listening to this podcast, don't just you know try to share and push this podcast and educate it, but push and educate and help people know where they can go. When you check a deer in, your confirmation email has the survey in it. Just read the darn thing. It takes 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes to do this, this after-hunt survey. If you do it immediately when you receive it, while everything's fresh in your mind, it's going to go even quicker. Five to ten minutes of your time, even ten or even fifteen to twenty, if if maybe reading isn't a strong suit of yours, or you have a really slow internet connection, I don't know, whatever it is, you you have time to do it. Just do it. It's a great resource for the biologists and the DNR who are reviewing this and the the, the analysis that is conducted upon the details and the data and the stats collected in it. Ah. <sighs> Tell your friends about the podcast. I'm sorry it took so long to get this one out. I'm sorry we had to condense so much into it. Hopefully I didn't speed up too fast through it. You can always push rewind. You can always listen back or look through the show notes. I'm going to copy and paste those. Again, remind me if I overlooked anything that I said I put in the show notes and I didn't. I'm human. I make mistakes. It's late. God bless and good luck out there.